0: Hello and welcome to the last episode of London Film Club for 2016. I'm Hannah Jackson and I'll be with you for the next half an hour taking a look at some of the best films to hit cinemas this week plus a trip down memory lane with some of our favourite Christmas movies. And I'm joined tonight by our guests David Brake, host of the Film Review Podcast, One Room with a View, and blogger Cam Campbell, review editor from Vulture Hound, who will be spreading their good tidings and reviews. Looking good, guys. I'm enjoying the Christmas jumpers here. Right, well, here's what we've got to look forward to on the rest of the show. First up tonight, Hollywood's golden on-screen couple Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt star in the big-budget space romance, Passengers. The iconic cult favourite Donnie Darko he returns in 4K to the big screen this week, just in time for its 15th anniversary. And to finish up, our guests will be telling us their favourite film from the past year. First up, we're taking a look at the new sci-fi Hollywood blockbuster, it's Passengers. We boarded the Avalon with a destination. 120-year cybernation means a wake up in a new century on a new planet. Go. Everything changed. Hello? Anybody here? Hello? Do you know what's going on? Nobody else is awake.
1: I think something went wrong with the hibernation pods. We woke up too soon. Nine years too soon.
0: Well, this can't be happening. We have to go back to sleep. We can't. Exciting oh. <laughs> stuff. David, tell us
2: what this film's about. So, Passengers, funnily enough, is about passengers. That sounds much less exciting. There's the idea of Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, who are heading towards this sort of new planet, sort of new world, Homestead 2, but basically they wake up 90 years early. And so this is the story of them sort of waking up and realising, what are they to do? And so on and so forth. So basically, Titanic in space, in a way. Okay. I mean, I'm dropping the mic early with this one. (laughs) It is is sort of Titanic in space. You know what I mean. I wanted to say Titanic. Go, go say say Titanic in space. Titanic in space. Okay, now review it. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's Titanic in space for all the wrong reasons. Like,
1: it's kind it kind of takes this kind of perception of romance, and it just kind of it just has this really kind of sinister vibe to it. So, Mm. and the film kind of treats it with utter sincerity when. If you kind of read out what happened yeah. in the film to someone on paper, it would sound like a horror movie. <laughs>
2: like, um, it is odd. Like it, I guess the main thing is that it isn't. It says like, like you say, like in the description. If you were to look on IMDb, it would say sci-fi action, and it does have sci-fi action in it. But it is first and foremost a romance. Mm. It's sort of like Allied a few weeks ago, where it tries to play off as something it isn't. Like there are action beats in it, but you're mainly here for the romance. And I think the romance isn't that good you know like cuz it does have two huge lead actors in it though
0: yeah well i was i was going to ask about what you you thought of them as a couple and the film itself because it's it is very hollywood in terms of how it portrays what really happens it doesn't mm. really look at the claustrophobia the boredom it makes it all seem very pleasant for the two of them
1: i mean it very briefly like takes a look at the isolation and it's like yeah. it's the best section of the film but that's yeah. right at the beginning and once they actually pair up you kind of end up with this generic uh, uh, ordinary slash a really attractive yeah. man and then Jennifer Lawrence playing almost you know just like the character that every writer seems to like want Cliche, to make for yeah. her,
2: since like Winter's Bone they're like oh we'll do that yeah it's kind but of like <laughs> in one way it's kind of like the opening minutes 20 minutes of War but then extended over two hours and in not a good way
0: critics have said it the storyline and the plot never really get going yeah. like it, it just kind of self never a- fulfilled
2: I did, it was really interesting, because I, I kind of saw this after the initial reviews came out, and you sort of, you always want to root for the underdog, you always want to be like, no, no, they're all wrong, listen here, this film's great, and it's not, though. Um, it's really not, and, and the critics are kind of right on this, because, the, like we said, the romance isn't great, the story's not so hot either, I mean, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence are just watchable, like, they are very, the reason why they are where they are is because they are quite good at their jobs, it's just the fact that it's, they're not given much to go with.
1: I mean, uh, Normally, I'd say that uh, Jennifer Lawrence can kind of just act like circles around Chris Pratt because as charismatic as he is, he's still kind of, you know, he's still kind of, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. He, drama isn't always his like strongest suit, but like they lean very heavily on like his on his persona at the mm. moment. But I just think it just feels it just feels so wrong when um, like the, considering like the really kind of strange Creepy edge the romance has to it, but yeah. he's really charming. And mm.
0: nice. so I'm not getting not getting the most positive vibes Merry from Christmas. this. But uh, <laughs> yeah. well, we'll go to your popcorns now. I think I know what you guys are going to say. David, will start it's with a f- you.
2: It's a five. No, wait, <laughs> no, it's a two. It's, it's a, a two or
0: oh, a two. Not even a. No, mediocre three. no, no th-
2: it's it's one of those things where you'd watch it and you'd define it as perfectly fine. And that's based on your acceptance of that, it depends on how many popcorns you get. Aggressively mediocre. What about you, Cam? Aggressively mediocre, two, I
0: think. A two as well. Yeah. Wow, OK, so not, not the best feedback okay. there. <laughs> London Film Club gives passengers two out of five popcorns. It's already in cinemas, rated PG-13. Next up, the British Film Institute is celebrating the 15th anniversary of the iconic cult classic Donnie Darko, which is being re-released in cinemas next month. So let's check out the new and improved trailer. Wake up, Donnie.
1: i man, a new friend. Real or imaginary? Imaginary.
0: Do you believe in time travel?
2: I'm going to tell you a little story today about a young man
0: whose life was completely destroyed by fear. Oh, I do love Donnie Darko. Now, for those (laughs) of us who don't know the plotline, maybe, Cam, tell us what this is all about.
1: Okay, um, the plot of Donnie Darko is just, it's immeasurably complicated Mm. as it goes along, but um, it kind of starts in a very simple place. Uh, Donnie Darko wakes up in the middle of nowhere in suburban America, uh, cycles back home, and then a jet engine crashes through his house. As you do as it done that, as that well you know just standard but um as this happens he starts to kind of experience these visions of a man in a bunny suit and it a just scary gets scary man in a bunny suit a scary <laughs> man in a bunny soup, named Frank <laughs> and
2: it just gets stranger from that um to That's a pretty good summary for <laughs> what it's worth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's one of those films that everyone it's it's kind of renowned for being a cult film you know it's like you either heard of Donnie Darko, even yeah. if you haven't seen Donnie Darko, you're well aware of The Rabbit. So it's kind of interesting to see obviously it's being re-released. It's been 15 years since it obviously first came out. So I th- it's very interesting to see how the audience would take it now because obviously uh, a lot of people who loved it when it came out probably already have it and obviously it's been tuned up beautifully digitally remastered. Yeah. Gorgeous job. But, um, I always feel it's like with American Beauty now, you kind of feel like there's a sense of a little bit of backlash against it where it's kind of like it got so much hype when it came out.
0: Well, saying that though, it nearly almost went to home video straight away at a small budget. It didn't quite get the acclaim that it it does now. Why was it such a cult classic? I don't know,
2: it's one of the, it's like, it's always the funny story about the Shawshank Redemption, which it flopped when it came out, and then years later, it's now the IMDb best film of all time. So, (laughs) you can't really control it, I mean, sometimes it's just, I mean, like you were saying, it's a pretty weird film. Yeah. and i don 't really know where to begin with it because um it's just
1: it's I mean, so it draws you into complex. an incredibly
0: dark and surreal world doesn 't it yeah mm. I
1: mean uh, it kind of like portrays like the area he lives in, in this, It's this kind of like weird dreamland, and just like as it goes on, it kind of just starts twisting into this weird nightmare um just like the more you see of frank like you know uh, when I saw the poster for her, I always was um, had the impression that Frank was like some kind of slasher, and you just kind of get it kind of twists that expectation on its head and you 're just like oh, uh, what's happening with the guy with the bunny suit?
2: And then you realise that it's actually... <laughs> yeah, nuts.
0: and it was a platform for Jake Gyllenhaal, wasn't it? I mean, he some great actors in there, but that was really his...
2: Oh, yeah, he got up and... Got... I mean, it kind of showcases... How he is—he is genuinely one of the best actors working today, I think. And this is one of now is the time to sort of watch where it all kicked off. And it stars an amazing performance from Patrick Swayze as well. Yes. I
0: mean, it has done so well that obviously it's being re-released. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what your popcorns are now. I mean, I know you obviously watched it 15 years ago. True. Have they changed? Are they higher, I'd, or lower?
2: I'd, I'd, I'd give it a four, like because I say fives for like masterpieces, because I'm really mm. fancy.
0: <laughs> I can sit here like this now.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with four because. Um,
1: you know, it's 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 not... it's not masterpiece, not masterpiece, not masterpiece it's
0: Four's pretty good, though. Four's Indeed. pretty good, well... Generous. G- I Generous! Uh, well, well yes, <laughs> London Film Clubs does give the re-release of Donnie Darko four out of five popcorns. Time, it's out now. in selected cinemas in 4K <laughs> on the 19th, 20th, 22nd and 23rd. A rated certificate 15. Welcome back to London Film Club with me Hannah Jackson and we're also joined by our film reviewers David and Cam who are giving us the lowdown on the best films of the year. 2016 has been full of ups and downs in the movie world, but the ups have far outweighed the downs. And to prove that, both of our guests have picked their favourite films of the year. Right, David, what's been your favourite and why?
2: My favourite is Arrival, which I reviewed here. And at the time I gave it four and I realised I was a fool, an idiot, uh, a mistaken man. But Arrival is fantastic. It's really, really beautiful. It's It's a wonderful antidote to the year that's been perfect. Boom. Nailed it. I'm really good at this review and stuff. (laughs) Put me in next year. This is great. I'll do next year. I like it. No, right, seriously, it stars a wonderful performance from Amy Adams. It's directed by Dennis Villeneuve. Uh, It's the story about uh, her 12 alien ships land on Earth. And Amy Adams is the linguist to try and decipher the language that helps them work out why are they here. I mean, that's the tagline of the film, point of the film. But it's just so much more than that. It's Mm. just... It, it's just so, when you watch it, it's just so beautiful. The score by Johan Johansson is beautiful as well. Uh, the writing is really clean, clear, and it's adapted by The Story of Your Life uh, by Ted Chang. so it's a small story adapted. And I didn't think it could be done, and I, it really has been done with such wonderful elegance. Loved it. Don't forget oh, wow. Bradford Young's cinematography. Bradford, oh, Bradford Young, who's doing the new Han Solo, and that man has got such a keen eye. He did Selma, A Most Violent Year, And this guy is clearly going for big things. It's like we had Independence Day 2, and I love Independence Day, as you know. But Independence Day 2 sucked. This ruled. So Arrival is genuinely, by far, the best film of the year.
0: Wow. Right? I I can really do praise. (laughs) My goodness. Are you just a sci-fi fan, though? Like, if you're not into that that kind of genre, (laughs) Could you still appreciate it? No, uh,
2: the setup. The jumper. No, the uh, the Drake jumper. Uh, no, it was a. Uh, it just. It just. I think it's a film that works for anybody. I think it's a really because the main theme really is communication and it's humanity and it's a really. It makes it sound all artsy fartsy. I should have like a beret on as I say this, but no, it is a really nice connecting film that makes you feel good when you watch it. It has a clean sense. It has great connections. Oh, big fan.
0: All right then. And Cam, what's your spin?
1: Uh, well, you said you said that arrival is kind of like the antidote to, well, the year that we've yeah. been having. But my my choice is the film Thirteenth, which was released on Netflix quite recently, mm. and it kind of works in the opposite way. It's a reminder of why this year has just been so kind of strange yeah. in politics. Uh, kind of Ava DuVernay, um, she she kind of paints this portrait of um, racism in the U.S. from Um, Birth of a Nation, uh, the the first one, um, Mm -hmm. up to today and the perceptions of African-Americans that uh, that film kind of created and that can be threaded like very clearly like just throughout the entire 20th century resulting in like the kind of strange like backlash that we've had today. So even it has this very moving and disturbing montage that features Trump rallies and everything and connects them pretty much directly to kind of lynching and kind of bullying
2: in the 1950s.
0: Mm okay so. well
2: it's a mix it's on Netflix and it's a really important film. It's one of those films that I'm glad Cam picked it because it is genuinely one of those films that people should watch. Yeah. It's important it's really good and it's not just that it's important it's actually really well made.
0: Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, two great films that you should definitely watch. Now, seeing as it is Christmas, we couldn't not take a look at some of our favourite all-time classics that make this festive season what it is. Oh, oh, David oh. and Cam have chosen a couple to reminisce over. What are your top two?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with... of so the first one I'm going to say is Home Alone. It's a classic, because people always forget... Like, Home Alone, if you listen to that music, I dare you, I dare you, anyone... Open up Spotify now, play the Home Loan soundtrack by John Williams and just be transported into Christmas. There's something about classic. that. Although the film could never happen today because literally he'd just have an iPhone and ring his parents and say, where are you? But great Christmas film, makes you feel super Christmassy. Love it. It also makes me feel very Christmassy because it's kind of like Die Hard for Kids. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh that. my god,
2: that's really good. <laughs> no, that's really good. Stuff everything. Okay, that's really good though. <laughs> that's really quite good.
0: Okay, now your second one though is another all-time favourite of mine oh, yeah. as well. The
2: Muppet's Christmas Carol. Praise be. The Muppet's Christmas that Carol is. is great. It really is a good film. It's, it's just, I, there was a really good interview because Michael Caine originally said he did it for his, he did it for his ki- grandkids, which is kind of really sweet in and of itself. It's like, ah, it's like, <laughs> it's like the, you know, it's already sweet enough. Uh, but the, the beautiful adaptation of A Christmas Carol, and it's really sweet. And Michael Caine again said recently that he actually really enjoyed the process. And it's just one of those films that you can sit on, it'll probably be on Channel 4, you know, somewhere along the lines, just okay. sit back,
0: enjoy. And Cam,
1: <sighs> okay, what are yours? Um, I oh. tried to I tried to avoid the kind of die-hard choice, but one that's well, uh, just a favorite film of mine in general uh, is Shane Black's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which, like a lot of his films, is it's it's it set is, at it Christmas. Is. Like all of his films, it's kind of just inexplicably set at Christmas. And I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is buying presents for people, but it's also this kind of this <laughs> amazing deconstruction of just kind of action and murder mysteries with this great narration by Robert Downey Jr. And it's pretty and much. And your last one? Oh, I know, I, I, ha- I
0: need to ask you.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's man. a wonderful life. Uh, it's 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 a standard choice, but uh, you can't top it into it. like probably the single most Christmassy film ever made.
0: That is, I mean, that is a classic, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it's black and white. They there can't get much more classic than that.
2: Yeah, mic drop. We're done. James, wow! See what happened. I've I've dropped it now.
0: You've dropped it. We can't even pick it up. It's too late. It's too late. Okay, well, that is all that we've got time for this week and for two thousand and sixteen. It's been a fantastic year full of incredible cinematic highlights, and we'll be back in the new year with lots more exciting new releases and the latest movie know-how. So make sure you join us in two thousand and seventeen on Thursday the fifth of January at six thirty p.m.